0: To the MTB Tribe Podcast. your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers, thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 45 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, howdy out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little bit more about mountain biking and the people involved so thanks so much for being here I really do appreciate it if you're a first-time listener welcome to the show I hope you enjoy today's this week's episode and you can go back and check out all the previous episodes via the website which is mtb-tribe.com you can also subscribe there get an email every week to let you know who's coming on the show a little synopsis of what the episode will be about so I hope you do that sign up Get your name on there and get a wee bit more contact with myself and the podcast. That is all good and I really do appreciate that because it shows commitment to the show and it helps me just share the show a wee bit more. And that's what it's all about, getting out there, sharing it among friends. That's the best way to advertise this thing and hopefully get you guys a wee bit more insight and info into what's happening in the mountain biking industry. You can also follow us on socials, Facebook and Instagram is at MTB. Tribe, so do that. And if you're listening to the show via iTunes, please go on there, leave a review, share. Five stars is awesome, it really helps the show be seen and gets shared among the people that are wanting to listen to more stuff on mountain biking. It's a very exciting time we're in here, you know. Mountain biking is awesome, so I'm trying to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. So please do that. Now, before we go on to today's show. I just want to say, I was out for my first ride today um, in Malta. You may know, you may not, but I've moved to Malta for a couple of years and I've actually got out on the bike for the first time. The guys at Wheel Wizard, the local mountain bike store here, um, Edward, who's the owner of that, and Robert, who's one of the best guides out here in the mountain. Robert lent me his old... well, when I say old, is. It's actually 2017, I think, his Mondraker Foxy 2.75, full carbon, beautiful bike, Um, really, really nice. Now, the trails out here are very different, very, very different from what we have ho- at home in Ireland, very rocky. The, the, the rock gardens just keep going on and going on, and there's a few wee steep drops and wee technical bits, but yeah, very technical, very nice. Very warm, but really, really good ride, and the scenery is amazing. The guys out here are amazing. We had a real good group. There was twelve of us went out, and we're going to try and do that every Sunday. So, um, really looking forward to bringing these guys more insight into that because um, it's quite an exciting time out here for mountain biking. It is getting quite popular. So um, I will stop talking and we will get onto today's show. So today's show is with Nigel Morris. Nigel is the founder and organizer of the Manx 100 Ultra Marathon Championships, um, massive, massive race, and it's a real pleasure to get Nigel on the podcast. So Nigel joined me actually from his phone in the airport, waiting to catch a flight home today. The, the man where the Manx 100 is held. Now, if you want to challenge yourself to the fullest and push your limits, this is the race for you. So I chat to Nigel about how the race was first envisaged, where the idea came from and how he has built it over the years to become a top class event. Now, if you listened to last week's episode with Tom Bell, who won the race last year, you will know how challenging the Manx 100 really is. But Nigel and his crew didn't set the race up to be easy in all fairness that was not the point it is purposely difficult so we chat to him about why they made the race 100 miles in distance and why over the years they have introduced different categories we chat about why the isle of man is the perfect setting for such an event and how they use the same grandstand as the tt races and why the trails in the isle of man are so good plus much much more we get into a lot more depth than that But as I said before, I will stop talking, I will let Nigel do the talking, and it is my pleasure to welcome Nigel to the MTB Tribe podcast. Nigel, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast, it's awesome to have you on. Um, You're in an airport at the minute, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I've just finished a couple of client meetings down in Jersey, and then we're heading back this afternoon up to the Isle of Man, if we're lucky.
0: If everything goes to plan.
1: Correct, yeah, and the aeroplanes take off and land and all that sort of stuff. It's a perennial problem living on the Isle of Man, or living on any island really. Even the UK is the same, isn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know um I know getting out to the Isle of Man and all can be a bit of a hassle there for you, but um, (laughs) yeah But you wouldn't change it. It's a beautiful area, it's a beautiful place.
1: It is, it's very beautiful, yeah. We moved there 20 years ago, and um, we wouldn't come back to the UK now. It's a fantastic place to live, fantastic place to bring up kids, and a fantastic place to ride a bike.
0: Happy days! Well, that's yeah. what we're chatting to you about today because you are the organizer of the Manx 100, which is it's an annual ultra marathon mountain bike event held on the Isle of Man, and it's it's the 29th of July this year. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yeah, it's always the last Sunday in the month of July. Um, if you know anything about the Isle of Man, you'll know that there's quite a lot of motorsport heritage, and we have to fit in around all the other events that go on. <laughs> so we've, this weekend, we've just had the two-by-two-day motorbike enduro. Um, this weekend coming up, we've actually got a two-day mountain bike enduro. Um, and then we've got, at the moment going on, is the Southern 100, which is mountain uh, motorbike racing, and then we have our event on the end of the month and then it's straight into two-week Festival of Motorcycling or what used to be called the Manx Grand Prix, which mm-hmm. is, again, it's on the TT circuit. Yeah. So it's we've got to fit in around all those other events. Wow, wow. It's, it's full on. Yeah, so it's full on. Indeed, indeed.
0: Yeah, so tell us just briefly, Nigel, what's the mountain bike trails like around the Isle of
1: Man? Um, well, I, I used to live in um, Scarborough and in Leeds, Um, and the North Yorkshire Moors was my hunting ground up there. When I was in Leeds, we used to go into the Dales, and we've also been into the lakes and been into Wales, and um, the Isle of Man is basically a microcosm of the whole of the UK. You can end up in the Yorkshire Dales, you could end up in the (laughs) the Lake District, (laughs) you can end up um, in Wales, but all on the Isle of Man. So most of the trails are um, old... Uh, drover's roads in relation to um, the nature of the why the track is there to start with. But again, back to the motorsport heritage, a lot of the other tracks are old motorbike routes that the uh, motocrossers and enduros have put through. And, and mm. obviously the, uh, the mountain bikers have just taken them on board and made them their own in, in some respects.
0: Mm -hmm. that's
1: interesting so so yeah so it's it's you know there's it's really rocky really steep in some respects good fun um lots of hills i think when rich rothwell came over to do the event in his mind he'd got this um set it's the isle of man it's not going to be that interesting you're always going to be able to see the sea um it's not going to be that hilly and um he was amazed that when you got, actually got into the hills, you all you could see was the landscape and there was no sea you could see, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, at the end of the day, the Manx hundred mile event is 16,000 feet of climbing. So um, it's quite a shock to the system on an, on an Island that basically you're either um, at sea level or you're going up or coming back down to sea level. So, you know, it's, it's a great place to mountain bike.
0: Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like it. And, You know, before you got into the organising of the Manx 100, had you raced in something similar or did you do endurance events before that?
1: So, yeah, so how... It's kind of a bit of a history on how the event actually came about. On the Isle of Man, there's an event called the End-to-End, which is um, point-to-point mountain bike marathon, 75 kilometres from the north of the island to the south of the island. And when we moved over... Um, we took part in that and every year we do that and then um, me and a couple of mates were going that we enjoyed the event it's a really good event but we didn't feel it was hard enough stroke mountain biking enough there's quite a lot of road section uh, to get you going on the end to end Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, it caters for everyone so you have the guys who are proper xc racers um and they're at the they're at the real sharp end and then you have the guys who you who you know only go out maybe you know seven or eight times um a month and um or even less who go up and have a have a good laugh and spend all day so the top guys are doing it in three hours but the slow guys might be taking seven eight hours to do the same run Mm -hmm. and whilst we weren't at the front we were it was a big day out but we were only we were taking say four four and a half hours and we wanted to put together a route that was harder. So we sat down around a, around a kitchen table, and as you do, and we put a route together that was 120k from north to south. And then um, I said, well, we must be able to find another 40k. And they looked at me and went, why? I said, because then it's 160k, that's 100 miles. <laughs> so they went, okay, whatever. So we found another 40k. And obviously then we had the Max 100. The first couple of years we did run north to south. The first year we ran, um, we had 11 people take part in the event. Mm-hmm. And the next year I managed to speak to, just go on about Richard again, I managed to speak to Richard on the on Facebook, which is a great tool for finding races. Richard came over and um, he really, really enjoyed it. The second year we had 20 riders, so it's you know, not a bad jump, but still a very small event. Mm-hmm. And then when richard got back to the uk with all his contacts we went up to 45 and i know that sounds like that's still really tiny but i couldn't get 45 people to the north of the island for half six start and back from the finish which is at the south of the island because we were having um a vast disparity of rider time so the Mm. winners were doing it in say 10 hours but there were still people coming in when it was Cusp in the Darkness, which is another five hours. So I couldn't ask for a rider to sit at the finish waiting to get back to Douglas for five hours. Yeah, of
0: course.
1: So what we then had to do is we had to just take a step back and go, right, if we want this to grow, which is what we wanted, we have to change the route. So I rerouted it to do one, a single lap from Douglas uh, which is the the capital and is where the ferries come and everything so it actually worked really well from a logistical point of view and then we, um, once we'd got the route then we realised we had to go to government to get use of the grandstand facilities which is where the motorbikes and all the motorsport are based from but is, uh, obviously the infrastructure there is world class
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then from there we had to negotiate Two sets of traffic lights to get the riders out of the out of the village, and um, so then we had to liaise with the police. And the Isle of Man is such a great place because you can just talk to the people that make, can make the decisions, and they will make the decision there and then. So we got the OK from the department to use the grandstand, and we got the OK from the police for them to come along and shut the shut the traffic lights down for a minute on a Sunday morning at half six. Okay, so so then we were good to go so and that's how it's been ever since Is we start and finish at, at the grandstand um in the center of douglas and um the police support us the department supports us you know it, it's such a, a brilliant um place to be for that sort of thing you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome to have that support um so how long has it been running for nigel
1: so this will be the eighth year now and we're up to we're, we're up to 170 riders now oh. so and um, it's still a tiny event compared to what the uk events get but um the the event is obviously as you can see we started with 11 a few years later we're up to 170 so you know it's it's a big event uh, for for us and it's it's quite emotional for me um because it's only my basically my stupid idea um mm-hmm. and now <laughs> and now now we've got 170 people who are who are willing to pay cash to come and do an event that all the tracks that we use are all open to the public mm-hmm. um, so there's no reason why you couldn't come next week and ride it but as I as I say is no one in their right mind would run this route as a training route the only reason you ride the Manx 100 is because it's the Manx 100 so it, we it's the hardest the hardest route I could find on the Isle of Man yeah so, you know, it's, it's just up and down, relentless. Except there is a flat bit, which really annoys me. But I can't, I can't get rid of that bit.
0: <laughs> very good. And what made you want to start it, Nigel? It's a big undertaking. It's very time-consuming. Why did you want to do it? What sparked your interest to do something
1: like this? Well, as I said, it was it came about because of us just having a chat about it. And then when we did it once... I actually, I think you have to have a, a real special ability to just suffer logistically and administratively to be able to deal with, with it. But I really enjoy the whole thing of it. It takes a whole year to organise mm-hmm. um, and I love the whole, all the planning and everything. It's just something that I am really enjoy, passionate about and um, it never leaves my mind. You know, even when we're at work, I'll, I'll get chatting to someone and I'll go, oh, yeah, what about then? Oh, God, we're back on the Max 100. And that'll be in September when the event was in July. But I'm already, <laughs> we're already planning. I mean, the first meeting for 2019 has already happened. And, you know, it won't be long. We'll have a closed down meeting after the event of what went right, what went wrong, what we can improve. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be working on how we're going to make 2019 better, what we're going to change, are we going to change anything. And it always, always, always goes on. There's no slacking in relation to. Um, it just doesn't go in the doldrums and nothing happens. Mm. It'll be it'll, it carries on year on year. Um, and the only and the other thing I, I really enjoy is I actually really enjoy putting the route out. So I put the whole route out myself. So I will go out and put 100 miles of route out. Over it takes it takes um, seven days to put the route out. Wow. Um, uh, and we ended up, we had, when we first did it, we had a hundred arrows for a hundred miles thinking that'd be enough. We're now put out between 800 and a thousand arrows. Wow. So, um, the riders, you know, hopefully, um, don't get lost, but every year, every year you find new things out that where people have gone askew. So, you just have to improve how you put the arrows out and things that you don't envisage happen. So, for example, last year, um, we have, a, we have a, a track which is akin to a, a sheep track and um, a couple of riders got lost. So I went, OK, you know, I, I know exactly where you are. I, I'm really struggling to understand how you got lost. Can you explain it a bit more? And it turns out that there were some non-racers on the same track. The track does a split, splits left, splits right. We go right. Those other riders went left. And I said, so did you see any arrows? And they said, no, we were just following the rider in front.
0: Mm.
1: And I went, okay, so you can accept that and go, that's just going to happen. But what I've done is um, at that point where there's the split left, right, we will put an arrow to the left and to the right of the split so that whilst you still might be following a rider in front you will be able to see the arrows because they will be right in front of you so um it's just all those little things that you can't envisage mm-hmm. when you're putting the route out because you're on your own and you go i need i want line of sight arrows so we have line of sight arrows but if you've if you're focusing as you do in a race or the rider in front you, you might not necessarily be looking out for these arrows that are perhaps two or three hundred metres off the track you're on. So it's all those little things that that, that you find out later, you know, that you um, that you need to change. So but yeah, it's uh, yeah I don't know back to your original question. I can't tell you why I do it, although I really, really love doing it. <laughs> and if you ask if you ask my wife and my kids, you know, it's it's just a labour that, that just keeps on going. Yeah, and it never shuts up, you know.
0: Yeah, and what about
1: marshals and stuff, Nigel?
0: How many marshals do you need? Do you get much help from them? Are they all volunteers?
1: Yeah, so they're all, everyone's a volunteer. Um, We normally, because it's uh, XCM um, event, as it's a marathon, um, it's difficult to have uh, marshals, as you would on a 5K XC route. So what we have, for that is each rider themselves is a marshal in terms of if they came across another rider that was down you would expect them to stop and help mm-hmm. rather than rather than working on through and um, we have 10 uh, checkpoints with electronic timing and every time a rider goes through the checkpoint obviously that pings up onto our system back at um the grandstand so we can have we know where all the riders are in relation to that and then as the time goes on We'll have, we have reports that run where riders aren't um, going through the checkpoints within the time we expect. And then at each one of those checkpoints, we have a marshal who um, is there really for the safety of the rider in terms of they can look at the rider and see what he or she is actually physically and mentally like. So a couple of years ago in 2015, one of the guys, um, 2015 we had a real bad downpour of rain it was very windy very cold and we actually had remember the event is in july we had two cases of hypothermia wow okay one guy was so bad that one of my marshals told him that if he got in his car he would take him to the next checkpoint and he could carry on riding and the, and the, uh, and it's a guy called scott and he went fine that'd be great he got in the car and of course the marshal didn't take him to the next checkpoint he took him straight home <laughs> 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 and, and and the thing is scott never even complained yeah. he just he just got so he was that addled. but that's the sort of thing that we're looking for is um the marshals are there to check on the condition of the rider and if they don't think the riders are able to compete or to complete the event they can either call it in there and then and they will get full backing from me or if they feel they think he can't do it but they're not entirely certain they call it into me and then i can tell the next marshal you need to have a good chat to, to Whoever it was, and find out, and then we can we can start putting in place some procedures to get the rider either back to grandstand or um, pulled from the event, so that we can look after them to make sure they're okay. Because obviously, a um, hundred mile event is it's a long way and it's very mm-hmm. very hilly. So you know uh, we do regularly pull riders out from the event. Each checkpoint has a time limit. So if you don't hit the time limit, um, we'll pull you from the event uh, because you're not going to be able to get around the whole hundred. You're not going to get faster. If, the, yeah, if you start off hitting the deadlines, you're not all of a sudden going to get faster unless, for example, you've had a puncture or you know something mm-hmm. like that. So we don't normally... We wouldn't normally pull anyone until checkpoint three, for example, only because it just gives you time to... If you have had some mechanicals, to catch back up. But if... If you cusp in it on checkpoint three, um, we'll 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 start calling We'll start pulling people from the event. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's for, for their own for everyone's safety. You know for our, our guys. You know and for the um, riders as well. Because some of the places we put the marshals are on the tops of hills. So you know they can be waiting there a, a long while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and I suppose it's not something you want to do, but I I suppose the riders actually appreciate that in, in a funny way.
1: The riders, yeah, if they get called from the event, they um they know there's a reason and they're quite happy because it's someone taking that decision away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they know in themselves that they're not going to be able to make it round, and they can then go home and blame me or you know yeah, um <laughs> but but they know in their hearts that they're you know they're not going to be able to make it round. So. And it's a you know at the end of the day they know what they they know now what the event is they can go away and train mm-hmm. and and come back stronger the year after you know so you know um, but yeah it is you know it is something that we have to do so yeah we do it
0: well it's good to have that in place with such a long distance and over such difficult terrain
1: mm, yeah it's it's only a single lap as well so there's no you don't pass you don't it's not two yeah. laps it's not three laps it's one lap so you know, you once you've gone, you've gone and you're not gonna come back to civilization um mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, you might pass through little villages, that there might be a shop there, it might be open, but it might not be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, <laughs> you know, um if you don't carry all the kit with you, you know, we do offer um bag drops and we have what because we're the British cycling champs, we've got tech zones. But um, you are allowed in the backdrops to have anything you want. So you could, for example, have some new tyres or more inner tubes um, in the in amongst your back at the backdrop. But other than that, um, you've got to carry all your spares with you that you might need in between those backdrops.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you need to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, you need to be prepared. Yeah, certainly. Um, so there's there's different categories and stuff you can enter, isn't that? There right, is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Can you just take us through those briefly?
1: Yeah, so we we start off with the um well we start off with the hundred mile, which is clearly what it says on the tin, um mm-hmm. and then how so that was the original event and that's what um, we started with, and then some people said that's just too much for me, can you do a fifty mile? And I said no, we can't do a fifty mile because we're the max hundred, and then I went but we can probably do hundred k. So mm-hmm. then, we, then we pushed it down to 100k, so then we had the max 100 mile, max 100k, and then some other people said, um, we really like to do it, but even 100k is too much, and then if you remember back when I was saying about 2015, um, we only had 11 people who finished the event, the 100 mile event that year, and marshals were out for 7 hours for 11 people. Yeah. So they weren't that happy.
0: <laughs>
1: so what we did was when some people also mentioned that they'd like to do a shorter version. And I thought, well, we could do what is now the Manx 50, which runs on the final 50 kilometers of the race. So we have the Manx 100K, which, that, which is the first 100K. And then we have the Manx 50, which is the last 50K, which meant that my marshals um, would obviously see a lot more riders. Mm-hmm. So everyone's a winner. They're happier. The guys who only want to do 50 kilometers, they can then come out and do a a 50k race. Um, And then we've got the 100k and the 100 mile for the, uh, uh, whatever you want to call the people who do 100 mile races. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. um, (laughs) Well, there's a number of names. (laughs) Yeah. Masochists, I think. Yes, possibly. Mm. um, So the the national... Marathon Championships yeah. is that mm-hmm. the hundred mile
1: race thing? No, no, British no. British Cycling. Oh, that's a, a lovely story. British Cycling refused to run the event on the hundred mile route because it was deemed to be too long. So I pointed out to them that their own rules states that it just has to be a minimum of eighty k, and um, it it was still too long. So we ran so we run it on the hundred kilometer route. Right. Okay. So the short route as I like to call it.
0: <laughs> so what one, we, we had Tom Bell, who won the event yeah. last year, with him yeah. on the, the podcast last week. Yeah. Uh, what what one did Tom enter, just remind me?
1: So he, he 100K, he'll have done 100K.
0: He, yeah. Right, okay, he does the 100K. Yeah. And I know he's coming back to you this year He is, year as indeed. Well. Yeah. Yeah, because cool. we're the
1: British uh, champs for 17, and the British champs for 18. So, you know, awesome. that's, yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So, how much can somebody expect to pay to enter, Nigel?
1: Okay, so if you are quick, well, it'll cost you forty pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to probably go up to forty-five for this year or for twenty-nineteen, and then um, it'll be fifty-five if you're not as quick. So when I say quick, we got we run. The entries are probably going to open on the first of August or maybe the fifteenth of August, and we'll run. For um, the first hundred entries, do you see where we go with that? Um, mm-hmm. Or till the first of October at that lower price? Okay, and that's and for two
0: thousand nineteen. That's the two thousand nineteen yeah. race. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then from then we'll run right through to June at, um, at I can't remember what we're going to price, but probably fifty or fifty-five quid. Okay. And then from the end of June we up the ante because really I don't. It's it is a hassle if people enter last minute. So I upped the ante to about 65 or 70 quid if you want to enter in the last week, which is the 1st of July to the 8th of July. Um, so i.e., just trying to make people enter before the end of June.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but people still enter um, in July. So it's, it's quite strange. But I think some of the um, guys don't want to enter in case um, they get injured. So they, they wait until the last minute to enter. Yeah, yeah so, I can understand so, that. Yeah, it's a bit of a, you know, but from an organiser's point of view, it's it's really difficult to mm-hmm. gauge numbers, to gauge things that you need to get organised, you know. So that's why we have to shut, we shut three weeks before the event because um, of all the admin that needs doing from our side. Um, it's There's quite a lot of admin that needs doing to make sure everyone's all on board. Lots of uh, the race plates need printing and the documentation Mm -hmm. needs printing and um all that sort of stuff so we do shut i think for the normal the british cycling xc races are normally um two weeks before but we shut a week earlier than that if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. but we obviously we try our hardest to advertise and tell everyone when we're when we're shutting it's not as if it's not been open very long so it's just one of those things if you um the way we organize
0: it yeah no it's, it wouldn't be easy to organize something like that and i think you know 99 percent of the people totally understand that
1: yeah i think yeah uh, at the end of the day it is what it is you know an organizer can mm. can shut his event when he wants
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and open yeah. it when he wants you know it, obviously the longer you leave it open the more chance you have of getting a good of riders so mm. but yeah like i say we can't I mean this week I shut the entries on Sunday and I've still got people asking me if they can enter today so yeah. so whilst that, there is a little bit of wriggle room if if this week was next week if that makes sense then I wouldn't have any chance of letting these people in whereas at the moment I can ring up the guy who does all our race plates and go well, I've got a few more for you <laughs> <laughs> you know sorry. And, and, uh, yeah sorry yeah and it just, you know, do you see, you know, it just adds, it just adds extra hassle factor for everyone, and then that's when, that's when things go go wrong because, yeah, um, I've forgotten to fill this form in, or you know, yeah. So if you can just get people to enter and it all just box off, then it's just easier for everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. So what what um, facilities are available on real estate for the riders?
1: Okay. So this year for the first year we've actually got um shimano neutral support coming over so all the riders um will be able to get their bikes seen to if they've got any issues before race day on the saturday we have sign on on saturday race day sunday Um, and then the shimano guys are um, going to be at a couple of the tech zones and at the finish i know the finish is pointless um, in relation to fixing your bike. But if you still have any ongoing issues, they might be able to solve you at, at the end rather than rushing whilst you're out on the race. So we have those facilities. Um, on Saturday, sign-on, we have there's um if, they haven't, if the riders haven't got accommodation, there is options at the actual grandstand to camp at the grandstand. Um, the um, showers and everything will be open from friday evening right through to sunday night and um, we offer at the when they get when they sign on they get the little goodie bag which includes manx hundred beer mm. yeah, and sure. if they finish but only if they finish do they get another one so there's a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a yeah, incentive to finish um if you enter the 50 though you only get one if you finish not when you start so right. um just get that there um and then when, when the riders finish, all riders, when they get back to the grandstand, there's um, food, free food available for all the riders. Normally, jack potatoes, um, cheese and beans and stuff like that. We Again, as I was saying, it's all experimentation. Historically, we've gone, oh, everyone want cake. And then we'd finish and there'd be loads of cake left. And, and of course, when you think about it, of course, riders have been supping energy gels and bars all day. The last thing you want to do when you get back is have more sweet stuff. Oh, so, yeah, we swapped, so we swap, so we swap back to jacket spuds and cheese and beans, and everyone, that went down a storm last year. So um, we'll be we'll be back on that this year, and then it's just tweaking around the edges. I don't know what else. Yeah. So you know, you know, if if the riders tell us what they want, if we're not giving them what they want, then we'll we'll try our hardest to do that. They, mm-hmm. Everyone gets a, everyone gets a free t shirt. Wow! Um, and this year we've been in contact with Defeat, and we've got um, Manx Hundred branded socks as well. Mm-hmm. So, Very nice yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, what help do you get from sponsors, Nigel? We don't have um, any sponsors who um, are a lead sponsor. What we do have is lots of lo- lots of local companies that help out through um, through providing internet, providing know, stuff, if that makes sense. So, for example, Bike Style, local shop, um, provide us with. Um, just plastic bags to, to put all the goodies in for all the riders. Um, Robinsons, that is a local, um, I don't know what you want to call them, wholesaler of food. They will help out mm-hmm. by providing um, water and food for the for the riders. And we do for all the all the marshals. We give them a packed lunch or packed breakfast or packed tea, depending on when they're actually going out. Um, and so we get help like that but we don't have an yeah. actual sponsor in terms of um you know the event isn't isn't i don't know um scott mountain mm-hmm. bike mount yeah. hundred you know yes or anything like that we're, we're still just trying to grow the the organ the event without that sort of pressure needed from a from an outside sponsor Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it's all
0: kind of local local sponsors yes. there that help you yeah. out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that that's good. And what about the financial burden? Do you find that a stressful situation, or does everything get covered at the end of the
1: day? No, well, we we um, we know we, well, I'm a, in my in my day job, I'm a boring accountant, so um, <laughs> so the budgets quite tightly done. And we just draw up against those. It's quite difficult, obviously. You don't know how many people are going to enter, but um, you have to base it on something. And then we just we just work our way through the budget based on um, the numbers. And then as as the numbers start rising, we start hitting what we expect to do. Then that means I can go ahead and, for example, order 170 pairs of socks from Defeat, mm-hmm. you know, um, and knowing that that. If everything goes to plan, will the, the funds will be there to cover it off? We also get um, some help from the government uh, because we um, will bring across out those 170 riders. Um, we have there's be 120 that are competing in the hundred mile or the hundred k, and of mm-hmm. of the 120, there's probably 80, 90 from the cross from the UK. So we get help from tourism because we're bringing 90 people plus their support over from the UK and they're obviously going to spend locally. So it's worthwhile for government to give us a bit of financial help um, if we need it um, in relation to growing the economy in terms of people coming, but also obviously um, making more people want to come to the Isle of Man in the future to mountain bike.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, because it's not somewhere where you would really think of going, to be honest.
1: Well, no, exactly. You know, it's it's one of those places, it's kind of a little hidden gem, you know. I mean, like, I, you know, Northern Ireland, and Ireland as well, is also somewhere where you wouldn't normally expect to go, but there's some yeah. good riding over there as well, you know. And it's just somewhere different that you can go. You could probably come... The problem with the Isle of Man is it's as easy to travel to Spain sometimes than it is to travel to the Isle of Man. So... Yeah. So it's quite difficult in that respect. But flip side, you know, dependent on how you like your riding and um, and, and your wet and how you like your weather, because some people obviously don't like it hot. You know, and the Isle of Man isn't going to compete with Spain in relation to temperatures. Although at the moment it feels like it, but yeah. um, but you know, it's it is a fantastic place to come and ride your bike. You know, and uh, there's all the yeah, there's lots of heritage as well there and everything. So it's it's a great place to come.
0: Yeah, certainly, certainly. And how about on the day, Nigel? What's
1: What's your job more than day? You <laughs> You won't get a chance to reass, I take it. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> basically, there's a lot of panicking that goes on, um, <laughs> and then the, the we have the planning. As I as I've, as I've already said, the planning never stops. The everything is timelined, and, and we just the we just follow the plan. So. Um, it's timeline to 15 minutes so it's for example on the race day I know at half five I'm out putting the flags out for the start quarter six I'm at the grandstand talking to the riders and doing any last minute stuff that needs sorting out half Mm -hmm. six we're obviously well 25 past six I'm doing the race brief etc etc half six see you later bye they all shoot out the door then we have um, we clear up the we have a road closure order in place we clear up once the road closure is the riders have gone through we have to move all the things out of the way get all that done and then we go out put all the um caution cycle event signs out on the roads and then you know and then we're back to the grandstand to uh, um set out the, the finish we're already setting out the finish how the finish is going to look for them at nine o'clock and then at 10 o'clock we're to the finishing field, which is where the 100Ks finish. And we're expecting those. Last year, they took five hours to get round. This year, weather conditions and with one year's knowledge in their, in their minds on what's going on, I'm thinking it's going to be 4.15, 4.30 to get round. Right. Okay. So we're all ready. So we're all in the finishing field, making sure that's as ready as we can be before they get there. And then when they come through, we'll see the first riders through then we're back to the grandstand to um uh start looking at all the other riders making sure that everyone's um you know where they should be and all everything's happening uh, with all that going on we've got a what there'll be a whatsapp group set up with all the marshals and um any issues that are occurring are obviously dealt with as and when everyone's got my mobile number so you know it's it's all it and then it it just carries on there's after about say 12 o'clock there's a lull where it all goes a bit quiet um the 100ks are starting to finish but the lead guys are through so you've so you've got over that hurdle and then you just you're just kind of waiting for the 100 milers to start cusping through the uh the last 60k and then at half to the 50k is start so then it starts getting busier again and then f- from about 4 o'clock onwards, um, the 100 milers are finishing, and that keeps on going right through till 10 o'clock at night. Wow. And then we normally collapse into bed about half 10, 11 o'clock.
0: <laughs> cool. And what's the atmosphere like there? Is it a real good atmosphere? Um,
1: well, yes. I think it is. It's, the start line is, is electric. We start in the pit lane um, of, of the at the grandstand, which is where all the motorbikes for the TT go, you know, when the fuel, mm-hmm. um, we start in there and it's really great to see all these riders all chatting to each other. I mean, you could have Tom, for example, chatting to a local guy, you know, who he's never met and it's just, everyone's just natural to each other. And then as the minutes tick down, there's obviously that natural reordering of all the fast boys go to the front and the, uh, the guys who aren't as, aren't as confident or whatever you know just just slide a little bit further backwards and then um i do my little speech blah 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 and then half six off we go it's a, it's a neutralized start behind a uh, a police motorbike so they're not actually racing mm-hmm. but um it's great just to watch them go and then when they get further down the road we're on the, when we actually get onto the uh, road that's actually physically closed and um, for for the guys that's when we start the race and then bang they're off. So wow. yeah. So hopefully this year we got we're gonna try and get my son, who's eleven, he um he should be at the actual start. So he's quite excited because we're in a, a little valley, um, because obviously there's a hill to start with, um, and he's going to be able to press the hooter to start the race at half six in the morning. And he's oh. quite excited because obviously <laughs> it's half six in the morning and he's gonna wake everyone up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i said i don't think there's many people live around there but he's still very excited about it so and um, that's going to be great obviously i won't be there because i'll actually be behind the last rider um in the car uh to just pick everything up when we when when we go through but um yeah so and then they'll be off racing so after that it's quite electric i think at the front um because what we do to start with is because even though it's a hundred mile or 100k race they do go off, like it's a, it's a short course XC. The speed mm-hmm. is phenomenal, and um, the obviously the redness down, the adrenaline is down. So I have we marshal um, every junction to the first proper hill. So every every road junction, every um, trail direction change is marshaled or taped, so that. Um, the riders don't go missing. And we come down this one particular um, road where we come down this sharp left. And the, the lady who marshals is actually stood next to me, but probably doesn't want to go on the radio. now. she doesn't. <laughs> but um, she, when they come, they come at, uh, at Kiri, um, they travel so fast and they, they know they're doing a 90 left, but they're on the brakes. They're locking up, they're sliding in, you know, and she has to jump. She's had to jump out of the way to uh to get them to get them to turn left but they're coming down that fast and it's so i, I imagine from the rider's point of view it's all electric uh, until ultimately they go they come all the way down to Laxey Bay at sea level and then they climb back out and they just keep on climbing for about a 40 minute climb so by the wow. time by the time they've got to the top of there and by the time they've got down the other side the red mist is gone and they're just they're just riders now and then i know i can i can leave them alone i don't need to marshal all the junctions because the red the red mist the red mist has gone (laughs) and and some of them are already into um not survival mode but certainly you know i'm just riding my bike mode they're not Mm -hmm. you know yeah and the, the a lot of the time the racing positions are already sorted by the by the time you've got to there um and then it's it's all down to nutrition and fitness after that, you know, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the climb separates them out, you know, they start to go into their wee wee packs. Yeah, 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 very good. Well, it sounds all very interesting and, um, you know, you're certainly kept busy throughout the day. And that TT grandstand, does that stay there all year?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's there all year, yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we get use of the um, conference suite, the um, race office is where we sign everyone on, um, the paddock and um, we got used for that so yeah it's it's amazing place to that we can use and of course the um the podium is on the tt podium
0: aha classic yep very good well listen i know you're you're just about to catch Correct. a light there but, yep. but before you head off so where can people find out about the races and how can they get involved if they want to come and spectate or, or just figure out what's happening
1: yeah, yeah. okay so website is manx100.com um, and it's easy as that um, and then there'll be a link on there to live results on the day as well so um, mm-hmm. they'll be there we use a product called race results i don't know if you've used it before but it's a fantastic product and um, with lots and lots of exciting information on if you're a data geek like me um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's great, and uh, yeah, that's where they can go. Just go on there, and then on Facebook, we're max hundred, uh, max hundred on Facebook as well. There'll be there'll be probably some live feeds on there of just videos and stuff. But mm-hmm. things, it's frustratingly for for me, it's something that um, we're we're not very good at in terms of um, marketing and selling ourselves the um, the live feeds will start and then they'll they kind of because there's only 170 riders it's quite boring to look at a a field or look at a a hill with no one's on you know so the start is quite good because obviously they're all together but then the the race the snake of the race expands very very dramatically very Mm -hmm. very quickly so um, but yeah the first the top guys will be round to the first checkpoint in just over an hour which is that's 20 22k and the slow guys will be taking two hours to 210 to get round to the same place so mm-hmm. it's wow. quite yeah exactly and that's you know that's the that's the first 22k so you know then it yeah. just gets you know that's like the i like to call the first 22 is like the the uh your starter for your for your meal and then the next section, <laughs> the next the next section is the meet yeah. uh, where you come all the way back. You come all the way back nearly to Douglas before you head over to the west of the island. So,
0: and I'll stick all that stuff on the show notes and also people can get quick access to right, it. All right, cool. Um, so, here, listen, I just thanks so much for coming on. I know you're super pressed for time and all. And yeah. um, I, I just wish it goes brilliant this year for you and
1: everything yeah. smooth. Yeah. And, yeah. Be fine. And everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, good, yep. good yep. stuff. It's all, it's all in. It the, well it's all in.
1: The I said, yeah, it's all in the planning. Have a great time. Enjoy yourself. Right. Yep. And, yep. um if don't you Don't wanna... drink too many of them free beers. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, yeah. If you want to bowl <laughs> over any time you want, you know, come and do the race. I'm sure we can organise something. Oh, you can that do.
0: XC stuff just. <laughs> I don't know if it's from me or not. <laughs> all right.
1: All right. <laughs> That's nice great, Nigel. Thanks you.
0: very much. See you later. Bye. All the best. Bye. Bye that's a wrap for episode number 45 i hope you enjoyed that folks and if you're wanting to challenge yourself that is the one to think about the race is being held on the 29th of july so a couple of weeks a couple of weeks away so um it's too late now to enter i'm afraid but certainly for next year keep it on your calendar and um, it's a tough tough race by the sounds of things and you need to be on your game to do that but there's different categories as we chat about in the in the um in the interview so you can you can go for one of the the lesser ones definitely that's what i would be doing for sure so um yeah it's all good it's all good and thanks for being here folks i really enjoyed it and nigel thanks so much for coming on the show mate and i know you've been in contact in the past and we've chatted via email about one thing another regarding the podcast so i really do appreciate your input And I really hope that everything goes well for you on the 29th and the race runs smooth. But as you said, it's all in the organization and I'm sure everything will be 100%. So really enjoy it, mate. really have a good time and I hope the weather and all holds for you there and things go well. So folks, if you want to get more involved or you want to know more about the Manx 100 and what Nigel does there, you can visit the show notes at mtb-tri.com as i said in the intro you can also subscribe there get a wee bit more info on the podcast and what's going on and you can also follow us on socials instagram and facebook is at MTV Tribe. so folks just want to say thanks again for being here thanks for listening to the show once again and we are going to have another interesting episode next week for you and i hope you all enjoy that have a great week have a great weekend and i hope you just get them pedals pushing around the trails take care bye bye